2: It's Keith McPherson on The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app.
3: Yo, shout out to Loogie. I'm in the Lug Hour. Good looks, Tommy. Thanks for letting me rock a little bit earlier. Yeah! (laughs) Hey, let's get it, man. When I signed off last night, I didn't even know I was on it this time. I thought I was coming on after the game and then I realized, ah, the measly Brooklyn Nets are out in Portland. So that game is going to be on late. There's no way. 87-7, 33 66 So we got a quick little three-hour show here. Uh, plenty to talk about, but, you know, not too much new to talk about. Um, a lot of the same things we've been talking about, but, man, I'd love to take your calls. I'd love to talk to you about it and... I guess we'll kind of piggyback and follow up on things that were talked about today. I listened to BT and Sal, and, man, I'm kind of getting worried. Uh, I think the Mets and Yankees could be done. I do have this, like, optimism and faith. And if you've heard me talk about spring training and the MLB uh, free agency and how long it it takes, right, I I said, like, it's a long process. It moves at a snail pace. They're not done. The Mets, the Yankees, they're not done. Things can happen, right? Right the Mets with the little 10 million um, to spend, roughly 10 million to spend. I I said, I think that's smoke and mirrors. I don't see why you put that out there on January 9th, but I mean, here we are today on January 17th and uh, hasn't been any other moves. And then with the Yankees, it's like, okay, everybody kept saying Marcus Stroman can't be it. There has to be another piece to the rotation. And we know that Blake Snell is still out there. We know that Jordan Montgomery is still out there. We know that Josh Hader is still out there, but, I think as time goes on, the Yankees start to feel more confident about what they've done and they get ready to roll with who they've got. 877 337 6666. You know, I was talking last night about the Mets and this Mets team, and maybe they'll be sneaky good. Maybe they'll fly under the radar. Maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe they'll surprise themselves. Maybe they'll surprise the whole major leagues. Nobody knows anything. You know, we do a lot of projecting, we do a lot of Uh, Talking about the future. We do a lot of guessing, and then most of the time, we're wrong. You know, after all is said and done, more is said than done. Like, we don't, none of us know, but that's why we watch, and that's why we're uh, fans. That's why we call the fan. That's why our hosts here come up with their thoughts and their takes. And I don't think any of us really know what the deal is going to be with either team. But, you know, with this new era of these extra wildcard teams, you don't have to win the division. You don't have to be the favorite. You don't have to be the preseason favorite to win your division or win the AL NL. You just have to get in the dance and get hot at the right time and be healthy when you get to October. And fingers crossed, that's all we could hope for. And that's my transition into the NFL, right? As we get out of Super Wild Card Weekend, and it's Wednesday, we're getting closer to the divisional round. And I just keep thinking about what we saw this past weekend and what we will see coming up. It's hard for me to think that the home teams don't win, but all bets are off in the playoffs. The playoffs, you you can't predict anything as we saw last weekend and upsets are going to happen. And some guys are going to rise to the occasion. Some guys are going to absolutely fold in the moment. But I mean, I look at the Texans Ravens game. I think if, any of these teams have a chance to be you know knocked off or let down it's the Ravens Lamar Jackson and the Ravens have failed in the past and I don't know I've seen them lose games this year where I said the Ravens should have been undefeated they lost to the Steelers they lost to the Colts they lost some games this year where I was like they shouldn't have lost those games and Lamar Jackson hasn't played now in two weeks so when I look at these games I'm like the Ravens could get got. I mean, I don't know what the weather's going to be like, but out of all the matchups, CJ Stroud and D'Amico Ryans and Will Anderson and Nico Collins and Derek Stingley Jr. These young Houston Texans, they don't know that they're not supposed to be here. And sometimes that can work to your advantage. You can walk into a situation and it's not too big. All the pressure is going to be on the Baltimore Ravens. They have the soon to be MVP They have the Super Bowl winning coach. They have a bunch of all pros and talented players over there that everybody knows Odell Beckham Jr. And I don't have to go through the list of Roquan Smith, uh, Jadavian Clowney, a bunch of guys over there, Kyle Hamilton, that, you know, the pressure is on them in front of their fans. And this is what I felt about the Dallas Cowboys this past weekend. Like the walls were closing in on them. They could feel it. Everybody could feel it. Your thoughts become things, right? The whole choking aspect of it, the whole fraudulent aspect of it, being pretenders, that happened right away. Momentum is real in football. The Packers win the coin toss, march down the field, put seven on the board, and then that thought sets in, here we go again, here we go again. Now the Ravens can't let that happen. And the Ravens' defense is not the Dallas defense. 877-337-6666. This 49ers-Packers game, it's funny. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers hasn't said a word this week, but everybody's still talking about him. We find a way to talk about Aaron Rodgers, not just here, everywhere, right? Just off the matchup. Oh, well, if Jordan Love goes and beats the Niners, he does something that Aaron Rodgers couldn't do. (laughs) Aaron Rodgers is like, leave my, my name out of it. I signed off. Was he even on McAfee yesterday? I don't know. I feel like he's quiet now, but he's still being talked about. He grew up a 49ers fan, California kid. He never was able to knock the 49ers off. And here come the 9-8 and 8 Packers, the youngest team ever to get to this round, average age 25, with a quarterback that was balling last week. But uh, I, I hate to break it to you folks. <laughs> the Cowboys defense with no real linebackers and, and no real uh, pressure. They couldn't sack the quarterback. That is not the 49ers defense. The 49ers defense, they have monsters up front. Their defensive line, they traded and added uh, Randy Gregory to uh, that defensive line. They traded and added Chase Young to that defensive line that already had Nick Bosa, that already had Javon Hargrave, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw. Like Their their team is stacked. Their linebackers are monsters. They're going to be blitzing. They're going to heat up Jordan Love. We'll see how much he balls. In Santa Clara, he's also a kid from California, Bakersville, California. Let's see how he does going to face the 49ers team. All eyes on Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy knows that this is the year the 49ers have to get to the Super Bowl. Getting to the NFC Championship is not good enough. Christian McCaffrey knows that. Debo Samuel knows that. George Kittle knows that. Brandon Ayuk knows that. And most importantly, Kyle Shanahan knows that. Kyle Kyle Shanahan went viral basically saying they started preparing for the Packers in the second quarter of the game. The Packers weren't able to start preparing for them second quarter of the game. 877-337-6666. The Buccaneers-Lions. Great storylines, right? The NFL, you can't make this up. You can't script this stuff. The Tampa Baker Bucks, Baker Mayfield, former number one pick, turns journeyman, plays for four teams in two and a half years and the Lions, Jared Goff is now the king of Detroit. He's good enough for the Detroit. Well, I think that the Lions are going to roll. I saw that the get-in price for Ford Field is around like $750. I'm sure Eminem will be there. I'm sure they'll be playing Lose Yourself. I'm sure those 8-mile fans, they're going to be in there again because this is rare, right? This doesn't happen. You know, they built that dome for this weather, for this time, even though... Down in Tampa Bay, reporters don't realize that the Bucs aren't going to be playing outside in 13-degree weather. There's there's a dome there. You guys saw Todd Bowles, right? (laughs) So I think it's over for the Bucs. The Eagles were beat up. They were unenthusiastic. They had no plan to stop the blitz. They also didn't tackle anybody. You know Dan Campbell and his team. They're, They're not going out sad like that. Their offense is going to be ready to play. They'll have a plan, and their offensive line will be ready to stop the blitz and then their their weapons are going to be running around i just i think the lions got this one it may be a close game again like we saw with the rams but i think the home team wins this one and the story continues for the lions don't you want to see 49ers lions both of those teams fighting for a chance to go to the super bowl i, I would love to see the lions knock the 49ers off 8773376666 and last but not least i mean we see this matchup every year and last time we saw this matchup, Patrick Mahomes was crying about the refs, right? Kadarius Toney lined up off sides. Patrick Mahomes goes to shake Josh Allen's hand. Instead of congratulating him, he's telling him, that's BS. Oh, i never seen that before. They never call that. Well, here we go. Orchard Park, Bills Mafia. They'll be ready for you, Taylor Swift. And I don't think that the Chiefs can go in there and beat the Bills right now. If you've listened to me on the fan, I told you I'm watching the Bills over the last six weeks or whatever it's been, and they've been in playoff mode. They've been fighting for their season. They've had to win to stay alive. Now, when you look at Josh Allen running the ball like that, it's funny. In fantasy, I picked up Leonard Fournette. They just cut Leonard Fournette from the practice squad. I thought he was going to be a factor. Playoff Lenny. Don't need him. James Cook is ready to go, and those receivers, it's not just Stefan Diggs anymore. You know They're throwing it to Khalil Shakir and Deontay Hardy and Of course, they have a two-headed monster at tight end with Dalton Kincaid and Dawson Knox. So let's see if the Chiefs' defense, which has been pretty solid, can stop that. And let's see if the Chiefs' offense can match Josh Allen. This is a premier matchup, right? There are little kids across the country that don't live in Missouri, but they're Chiefs fans. There are little kids across the country that don't live anywhere near Buffalo, but they're Bills fans because of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen that's gonna be the last game Sunday night at 6.30. That's gonna be a good one. 877 337 I think the Bills win. So we'll talk about the playoff matchups. I don't think anybody wants to talk about Pascal Siakam, but it does have a lot to do with the Eastern Conference with the New York Knicks. And the New York Knicks are back on the floor tonight in the garden hosting the Rockets. And then my miserable Brooklyn Nets are out in Portland at 10 PM to face the Trailblazers, who they they need to beat them tonight. Stop the bleeding. You lost to them in overtime. So dumb. Like, you gave them their 10th win of the season. They haven't gotten their 11th win. Do not give them their 10th win and 11th win. Or if that's the case, blow it up, fire everybody. So um, we're going to talk football. We're going to talk a little basketball, if you'll indulge me. And uh, we got to talk about Spike Eskin. Spike is out. And it's hilarious to see the response online, right, it's the, such a contrast between the people on the inside and the outside. On the inside, everybody went out of their way to write kind words and nice words about our program director here that'll be out in the near future. But then I look at the quote tweets on the Marchand article, and I wonder, I'm like, I mean, I knew what was going down, but then when I see Marchand put that out, I think I re- responded to the tweet with a with just the thinking emoji. I'm like, how does this guy... Get this information. Like, I got this information a couple hours ago. How did this guy get it right after the company email goes out? There's definitely a mole in here. We got to figure out who that mole is. But uh, I said I was going to save my words for the air, right? And I know there's a lot of you that listen that don't waste your time on Twitter. Good for you. If I didn't have a media job, if I didn't have to use social media and Twitter to be seen, to be recognized, to, uh, you know, build my career, then I wouldn't be on it as much either. But... I put out a tweet saying, you know, I don't even think it needs to be said on here, but I don't get on WFAN without Spike Eskin. I'll give him his flowers and a nice, nice send-off later. So here it is. It's obvious, right? You never heard of me before. I, I'm not like the rest of the guys here that intern for a decade and kind of work their way up and grind behind the scenes. Uh, you know, I, I, don't, I don't get to walk through these doors without Spike Eskin taking a chance on me. And my message here is, is a message for everyone, and not just Spike, right? Because I have a list of people in my life that believed in me for no reason besides they just felt something. Maybe they liked something about me. They gave me a shot. Maybe it was blind faith. Maybe it was some type of intuition, a hunch, but, you know, all these people. I can, like, Coach Williamson was the coach that said, you're going to play quarterback. I went home sad, told my brother, man, I don't want to play quarterback. He's like, are you crazy? You know, when I got out of the MLB fan cave, I was unemployed for six months, was about to work at Home Depot. And Brittany Travis from MTV said, come on in. We want to interview you for a social media job. You know, there, there are people in your life that help you along. You're like None of us do this stuff on our own. Nobody is great on their own. And Spike Eskin is now one of those people in my story, right? Took a chance on me, and I think it worked. I think it worked out. You know, he put me on and gave me this opportunity. It was an opportunity of a lifetime. Literally changed my life and every night that I come on I, I hope to prove him right and when he goes to WIP and he gets an opportunity of a lifetime for him right uh to go back to Philly host afternoons you know hopefully he calls in here and we call down there and they're the sister station and you know we have a good back and forth and I'm sure we're all going to keep in touch and I think the bond inside WFAN is going to get stronger as well you know fo- um Foxhole guy is a term that Spike uses and I don't know if people out on the outside realize this, but like all of us meet with Spike every week. He's he's literally like a coach. He, he listens to our shows. He gives us pointers. He's helped me along so much, right? Like I graduated with a radio degree, but it was 11 years until I got back on the radio. I didn't think it would happen for me. I was doing a bunch of other things and Spike helped me perfect my craft. Spike listened to my shows and gave me little pointers every week. Say this, do this. and And it literally helped right? So when I hear people call and they say, you've evolved, you've gotten better. Well, Spike deserves credit for putting me on and helping me become the host that I'm still becoming. So shout out to Spike Eskin, You know, uh, I I don't get into WFAN without him spotting me at my last gig, giving me the opportunity to audition in August of 2021. And then following up on that to put me in the nighttime chair, in in the nighttime spot. And You know, all these guys in here have great things to say about Spike. And I think the common denominator is a lot of us. Today, we're talking about the opportunity that he gave all of us, you know, the chance that he gave all of us, that he believed in all of us. And there's somebody, you know, in your life that believed in you. I'm sure you can relate and uh, just keep pushing forward, man. You never know. I didn't know Spike from anywhere. He sent me an email. (laughs) We got lunch together. And uh, right here, I, I keep this keychain on my keys that I got when I met Mark Malusis. And I know there's people that hear these same stories. I see uh, these lames on Twitter, like, oh, I'm tired of hearing your same stories. Well, somebody's hearing it for the first time. I have this WFAN keychain that I got in the fan cave when Mark Malusis pulled up. And when I went to eat lunch with Spike, I showed him that. And he's like, you want to come see the studio? And I'm like, hell yeah. <laughs> like, I was on my way to a doubleheader to see the Yankees play the Red Sox. I end up, you know, missing first pitch. But I was like, of course, I want to see WFAN. I ran into Craig Carton here, and, man, the rest is history. So shout out to Spike. Um, I'm going to keep proving you are right. And uh, I don't know who the next program director is going to be, but word on the street is Danielle McCarton already put her application in for the job. (laughs) 877-337-6666. Keep McPherson on the fan. Call me up. We'll be right back.
0: Call from mom. Answer it
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. Alright, let's do it. Inside the 7 o'clock hour on the fan. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. Just a quick one here, KM to PM, something like that. Before the Brooklyn Nets play and Capper Carino, uh, they call the game out there in Portland. And I got eyes on the Knicks game, the Devils game, and we're talking sports. 877-337-6666. And yeah, today we learned Spike Eskin, our program director, is going back to Philly. Good for Spike. Good for Spike. That's what I, the first thing I said to him was, wow, congrats, man. And I started thinking about how much change I've seen just in two and a half years or so being at WFAN. Change is constant. Change is inevitable. There's going to be more change. But, you know, something I thought, and I mentioned like the term foxhole guy, I've heard Spike use that term and. You know, as I was looking at the reaction online today, I think the most hated guys are me, Sal, and Morash. <laughs> and when you read the stuff that people say, it's just comedy, man. And, like, people think that, like, okay, Spike leaving, like, the next program director is going to clean house and kick us out of here. <laughs> like, do you guys understand? There are contracts. This is business. <laughs> These things get negotiated and locked in. We're not just pulling up here and doing podcasts. Like, this This is thought out way more than people realize. But it's it's fun, man. I, I see so many people talking about, oh, Spike ruined WFN. And, and Spike and I have that that joke uh, all the time because there's no evidence of that. All the numbers are up. You know, I love when people say, oh, show me your your ratings. Your ratings are way down. I'm like, go find them. You show me them. You produce my ratings and post them online. We can go over them together. 877 877- 337 6666. So man, I'm I'm proud to be a part of WFAN uh and and be a part of the future of WFAN. And I thank Spike for you know putting me into WFAN because nobody was checking for me, nobody was taking my resume, or um I just think there was no other way for me to end up in this position outside of like Spike and getting the job and taking a chance on me. And I know there's a lot of people out there that thank. Spike for that, you know, that's another thing I thought of today. I'm like, I've been able to touch so many people. Let's forget the haters for a second because there's, there's always haters. But, man, the love overpowers the hate. There are so many people that write messages to me that, like, move me, make me emotional, like, wow, like, <laughs> didn't know I meant so much to you. Didn't know I impacted your life. Didn't know me coming here, telling the same stories, talking about sports, sharing my perspective, you know, got you through the day or the night or your job or a tough time and, you know. Thanks, Spike Eskin, for putting me in position to do that. The radio is powerful. These microphones are powerful. WFAN is as powerful as it's ever been. Uh, you might not like every host, but that's by design. You're not supposed to. You know, We're not supposed to all think the same, sound the same. We're not supposed to sound like the hosts that were here 20, 30 years ago. Evolve or dissolve. I say that all the time. The station has evolved. And, you know, as I mentioned, you know, Sal and Morash and, uh, geo gets hated on everybody gets hated on but you know what i really feel like now it's just 17 days into this new year like man i got everybody's back i'm gonna i'm gonna build everybody up i'm gonna continue to you know carry the banner on my own but when i see how much i get hated on and other names get hated on i'm like nah all i can do is big up salicato all i can do is pick up sean morash because we're all in this together when they say wfan is terrible or the station's ruined, like. I take that personal. I'm on here every night. I work here. I'm in here every day. I'm posting about WFAN every day. When I go other places and I meet people, that you know, I, I introduce myself as Keith McPherson, nighttime host at WFAN. So thank you, Spike, for giving me that opportunity. There, there were not many opportunities like that out there for me, and I'm going to continue to do a good job. So 877-337-6666 to the sports, right? I was talking about these playoffs. Playoffs, like, I just think that, this next round of playoffs is going to go chalk, but forget what I think, right? It doesn't matter what I think. I thought the Cowboys were going to beat the Packers, and Vegas loved that everybody thought the Cowboys were going to beat the Packers. They cleaned up, but let's get to the phones and see what you guys think. Henry's out in Brooklyn. What's up, Henry? You're on the fan.
4: Keith, thanks for having me on. Hope you, the baby boy, and the whole family are doing well. I hope everybody listening to the fan is doing great. Yes, uh, it is. It's, it's cold, cold out outside, there, but, but yep,
3: we're all hanging in <laughs> it's there. It's cold out
4: there of us work out there it is what it is um first of all before I before I mention the playoffs here I just found out when you said it's like sleeving. I, I grew up with his dad Howie in Philly mm-hmm.
5: um
4: so I I mean I was always excited and thought it was cool um that he was doing this in, the, in New York with me here um but uh good for uh new opportunities and uh I, no matter what you have to have a strong core together as a team, and that's what it's all about. Yes, sir. Um, so I listen, I listen all day, whether it's Tiki, whether it's Boomer, uh, obviously uh, heading in with Evan as well. And, uh, and The numbers are up. Brands. The ratings
3: are up. The yep, social media is up. The followers are up. So anybody that says anything, men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie.
4: I feel I feel like we could be uh, Rob Saleh here if you don't got haters, you ain't popping or something, but that's a different point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Correct. <laughs> uh, either way, I sent you a tweet saying, uh, you know, to Aaron Rodgers uh, jumping all over the Cowboys back in the day. I thought that was uh, pretty pretty well timed uh, and relevant. Uh, it was a pretty good uh, gym. Um, but I, I, don't, I just don't know. Like I mentioned, I'm from Philly. Um, Tom, Tommy, what is it? Tommy Culloch, Tommy Salami. It didn't work out for the Giants. Uh, the Cowboys lost at home at Jerry World. And uh, I think the Eagles were already down in, in Florida. So they said, let's just go to Disney World on our own buck. Let's just go golfing. I, I, but, like, out of the three, the NFC East, who had the biggest collapse, do you think?
3: The Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys were the number two seed. The Dallas Cowboys won the division. The, the Dallas one. Cowboys had their third 12 and 12-5 season in a row. And they got absolutely manhandled by a nine and eight young team, the youngest team, like 25-year-old age average, no experience, a quarterback that had never played in the playoffs. They completely no-showed the the biggest collapse. And I, I know some people are gonna say, well, the Eagles were in the Super Bowl. You know, they were undefeated until they faced the Jets. And then they were ten and one. But if you watch the Eagles this year, they didn't dominate. They were barely getting by. They were barely finding ways to win, and then there's only so long fake thugs can pretend. It all came crashing down on them. So their collapse started a month and a half ago. With Dallas, it's just a complete embarrassment. Um, I know I read today that Mike McCarthy's completing his exit interview today, so there's a potential decision looming on him that we'll find out either tomorrow or Friday. But I'm on record saying after the season Dak Prescott had, MVP numbers, numbers. if Lamar Jackson isn't there. Really, if the Cowboys don't lose to the Dolphins and the Bills, you might actually have a conversation about Dak Prescott being the MVP. Imagine if he won MVP uh-huh. and then no-showed like that. CeeDee Lamb was one of the best receivers, had his best year um, this year. Under Mike McCarthy's tutelage, his offense, him calling the plays. So he's got one more year on his contract. I really do think that they run it back. But Dan Quinn is out and I don't think he's getting enough of the blame. I don't think Dan Quinn and his defense is getting enough of the blame for that no-show. It's hard to play without a lead, and the Dallas Cowboys always seem to need, uh, you know, interceptions, right? Uh, Deron Bland to return one to the house and and flip the game, and they didn't have it from start to finish.
4: Well, we'll see what happens. I'm not sure if Nick will be back in Philly, um, but uh, obviously we'll see. uh, There's a lot happening there, but I very much appreciate taking the call and – Keep rocking!
3: Thanks for the call, Henry. I don't know. I think Nick Sirianni might be safe too. You know, injuries come into play, and and there's a lot of excuses that can be made. There's a lot of things you can lean on. Personnel, like everyone thinks that the Eagles are the same team that was in the Super Bowl. They lost pieces. They lost guys. That's what happens to any Super Bowl team, winner or loser of the Super Bowl. Your, your players sign as free agents elsewhere. They get big money. They leave. You can't keep a super a Super Bowl team together. It just doesn't happen. But um. I don't know. I think he might be all right, too. He's been to the playoffs three years in a row. He went to the Super Bowl. It depends, really, on what the players think, right? Mike McCarthy, Dak Prescott came out and endorsed him. If Jalen Hurts says he likes Nick Sirianni, then he's most likely safe. Richie in Emerson, New Jersey. What you got for us, Rich? Hey,
6: Keith. First time, long time. I just want to talk a little bit bit about the – Giants quarterback situation and you know how they got three three different guys in there I mean I think coming into this year I really think Tyrod Taylor has proved that um he could still be a starting quarterback in the NFL I hope I hope he'll he'll sign another contract one two years with the Giants but I think as far as his play on the field I think he's better looking than Tommy DeVito And I think he's better looking than than Daniel Jones. I mean, you know the way he grips that football and the way he slings it down the field.
3: Yeah. Okay. So there's a few things. He's not a starting quarterback in this league. He's definitely a backup. He's definitely a backup. And he should look better than Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito is an undrafted rookie. Like Tyrod's been in the league 13 years. He's played for multiple teams. He was in Baltimore. He was in. uh, He was with the Chargers. He was with the Browns. Like. He's been in the league long enough. He better look the part. And there were many times this year where he didn't look the part. He didn't know what to do. He couldn't make simple throws. Um, Daniel Jones, I don't want to say he's better than Daniel Jones yet. Daniel Jones was banged up and he also was behind a line that gave him no protection. The line got a little bit better by the time Tyrod was there. You know, um, they got a little bit healthier by the time Tyrod was there. And by the time Tyrod was playing, they weren't playing for anything. They were pretty much eliminated. Once you go two and eight, there's nothing there. So I know everybody's uh, you know ready to try and find the next quarterback. In my opinion, the quarterback for the, the Giants isn't one of those three. He's coming up in the draft. They're going to draft the quarterback of the future. And in the interim, if Tyron wants to come back on a one-year deal, two-year deal, which you, know, you said you thought he was a starter, in his mind, he probably thinks he can go somewhere else and compete. Or in the year where we saw so many backup quarterbacks, third-string quarterbacks, he's probably thinking, hey, I should go somewhere else. Um, and, and back somebody else up because if they're going to draft a quarterback here, I already got benched for Tommy Cutlett, and Daniel Jones is coming back. There's no room for me. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure exactly what they do with Tommy DeVito either. I think he's a good story. I think he belongs on the Giants. Let's see what kind of contract they give him. I think they're going to need him. I think Tyrod leaves. I think Daniel Jones comes back in late September. But ultimately, they're going to they're going to draft a young quarterback and develop him, and they'll need some kind of veteran quarterback. Maybe it's Tyrod, maybe it's a Jacoby Brissett. They're going to need some kind of veteran quarterback in the interim. You can't go into training camp saying, you know, Tommy Cutlitz is going to get us to, I don't know, week four when Daniel Jones is ready or um, whenever the rookie's ready. I think they need to sign another guy if it's not Tyrod Taylor.
6: I You forget he's a Super Bowl champion, Keith. Who? With, the, with Baltimore. Tyrod
3: Taylor won the Super Bowl. How many, what was his, his stat? How, how many touchdowns did he throw in that Super Bowl?
6: <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I think He's the only downside he has, he has to his career is is his, at this point in his career is his age. I mean, he has the experience. He's been in the league 11, 12 years. He was a pro bowler. He was a, he was a pro bowler in 2015 with Buffalo.
3: No, um, I know. I've met Tyrod years ago. He was a year younger than me in, in high school. I met him at a combine. He's always had to prove himself. He's always had to overcome the odds. He was looked at as a small quarterback. He was looked at as a quarterback that couldn't hang in the NFL. He's proved it. He's he's a locker room guy. Guys love him in the locker room. Um, he's had a rough go at it. Baker Mayfield ends up starting over him. Justin Herbert ends up starting over him. We all remember the the doctor did surgery on him and they like either cracked a rib or left some type of something in him and like you know he he had a rough go at it. I've got a ton of respect for Tyrod Taylor, but. For Brian Dable and Joe Shane, they're not looking at Tyrod Taylor as uh, a guy that they need next year. Maybe he's the guy that fills in, but like he's not a factor. So like I know you might have enjoyed watching him play this year, but like he should have been able to beat the Bills. He should have been able to beat the Rams. He didn't. He left a lot to be desired, and that's why he's a backup.
6: Okay. Yeah. No, I definitely respect it. Um, you know, I, I think even if you don't see him as a starter which I can see that that standpoint as well. I think he's still a a very, very serviceable backup. Serviceable is a good word
3: for a backup. Thanks for the call, Richie. He's not a starter in this league. Are we serious? Let's look at the quarterbacks as I just went through. (laughs) Who's in the divisional round? C.J. Stroud, rookie of the year, number two overall pick. Or was he three? I think C.J. Stroud was three, right? Or did they take Will Anderson? I don't remember. Either way, he was a top draft pick. Lamar Jackson, about to win the MVP. Like, those are starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL. You know, I'm talking about Jordan Love. Jordan Love had to sit and wait. C.J. Stroud was number two. I was correct. It was C.J. Stroud, then Will Anderson right after him. Tyrod Taylor is a backup. And just because (laughs) he looked better than Daniel Jones and Tommy DeVito, like, that's not saying a lot. There were a lot of frustrating moments that he had where it was like, come on, bro. Like You've been in the league too long to not be able to throw that little push pass for two yards to Saquon Barkley. You've been in the league too long to not know, like, don't check to a run in this situation. Um, But I, you know, I I understand we're in this little, like, dead period right now. It's Wednesday. (laughs) It's freezing cold outside. We're waiting for the NFL. The Jets and Giants are done. This is the second week that they won't have a game, and we're just grasping at straws here because how much can we talk about Wink Martindale? He's departed. How much can we talk about Brian Dable yelling? How much can we talk about Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers didn't even say anything this week. He's like, "Hey, why are y'all talking about me?" Let's go to Kim in Lincroft, New Jersey. What's up, Kim? You're on the fan. Hey, Keith, I
0: can't talk football. I'm a Jets fan. No, you <laughs> so do not Most
3: mostly Jets fans call this station, and most of the hosts are Jets fans. I-
0: I just want to let you know that I'm a big fan of WFAN. Um, I called into Boomer and Carton. I called into Boomer and Geo. And I listen to you every night coming home from the gym. And I just think WFAN is the sports radio to listen to. So kudos to whoever's leading.
3: <laughs> oh, well, thank you. See, and you know, there's a lot of people that listen. They're not even familiar with Spike. They're not familiar with behind the scenes, uh, you know, the architect. They're not familiar with, like, like I said, it's just funny listening to the reaction or reading the reaction online from people that are so, like, nasty and hateful and spiteful. It just doesn't make sense. It's like, you know, no. people like you were calling to say, hey, I listen to all these different shows. You know, I listen when I'm coming home from the gym. It's like a part of my life. And uh, it is. We're, we're literally here for you 24-7, seven days a week, 365. There's a bunch of talented people here that get on the mic prepared with their knowledge and their notes and their takes and I, I think we have something great here, and it's been great. And I don't think we've taken a step back. I don't think that the station is uh, ruined or not what it once was. Um, I, I thank you for calling and expressing that because I'm sure there's a lot of people listening that agree with you.
0: I hope they're listening, and I hope they agree because I just love WFAN, morning, noon, and night, whenever I can listen to it. So we kudos to you.
3: you, Thank you, kudos Kim. to you. Have a good Bye. night. Stay warm out there. Yeah, I know. See, like... <laughs> The the internet is a place for that, specifically Twitter, right? Andrew Marchand just put out a new column. Spike Eskin outrage shows how strong WFAN remains. Like, he's probably looking at his mentions today and his Twitter today laughing. Like, this is how y'all really feel about WFAN? You got two apps open on your phone. One is the Odyssey app where you're listening to us talk all day about the same things. And the other is Twitter And your thumbs are getting a workout as you say, clean house, WFAN sucks, Spike ruined WFAN, Keith is terrible, (laughs) WFAN is trending on Twitter right now, thank you. Let's go to Tommy in New Hyde Park next up on the fan, what you got, Tom? Hey, Keith, how you doing? Good, good, Uh, earlier show for me tonight. uh, Well,
0: I think you should have won, you know, the, the People Awards, I think it should be your year. Now, Spike, how are you the right man? You are awesome. Um, you give people time to talk. And uh, you, it's like talking to a friend. Yeah, I don't know.
3: know. I read something today. Someone was like, he's got to work on not cutting people off. He's, like, too jumpy. I'm like, are, 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 do you listen? Are, are, you, are, you... are you? Did you get me confused with somebody else? <laughs> Thank like, you. Oh, my goodness. People will just say anything online because you can. It's a fake place for fake it... takes and fake yeah. things. I can imagine what you go through with some of that crap. Yeah, I'm used to it.
0: But the thing is, uh, you're really great at what you're doing. I know that,
3: and I'm working on it. And Spike has helped me over the last couple years, and people inside this building have helped me as well. I listen to all of our hosts, um, everybody in here, Uh, answers text messages and talks about things. And that's why I say, you know, I I got the term foxhole guy from Spike. I'm going to be more of a foxhole guy this year and make sure I carry uh, the banner for
0: WFAN. uh, uh, Keith, Spike hired the right man for the job, and
3: uh, you're awesome. Thanks, Tommy.
0: Now, I I love your family. Did your kid go in the snow a little bit that we had? Mm,
3: So we we put him in the snow suit. (laughs) You did? We pushed him around. But not actually in the snow. He's oh, okay. nine months. Um, he's doing good, though. He's doing great. Oh, so yeah, know, he's yeah. starting to say stuff. Uh, you know, they think, like, he says Dada, and I don't know if he knows Dada is me. But, like, <laughs> okay. there's, you know, there's some times where I'm like, he, it seems like he directs it at me. He's getting there. Um, he loves our cat. He's starting to crawl well, around. What's your cat's name? Well, my, my wife named the cat Luna, but she ain't yeah. a Luna. She's a Luna Toon. She's, Looney Tooney, so I call her Toon. I just call her T-U-N-E, Toon. We've had funny. two
0: cats, H- Hops and Bali, at the beer of Greens.
3: I never had a cat before, and now this cat was telling I was laughing with Spike this morning. I'm like, you know, Spike called me this morning. I was sleeping, and I was like, bro, I, I'm not getting good sleep. I'm like, my cat, like, <laughs> it just like my cat thinks my side of the bed is her bed. She like flattens herself out between my legs. Oh God! You then when I move her, she like get, jump on my head, and I'm like, Yo, yeah. no, I, I I can't with you. I love you, but at the same time, I can't sleep between the baby babbling in the in the nanny <laughs> camera, and then the cat calling on me. I'm like they they do not care. They don't know that I work till twelve till two a.m. I All come right. home, the cat is on me, and oh, my, my son is ba 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 Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Um
0: about Dallas. You know what Cowboy fans, right? Yeah.
3: Yeah, that was a rough one, but it was now, over. it was over fast. At least at least uh they they, they ended the season quickly. It was no, like,
0: you can't get any good pass. <laughs> it was horrible.
3: Yeah, I don't know. I checked out I checked out. I've watched enough football games where I checked out so fast. I was like, "Oh, this you is a wrap." You checked out? Yeah, like I I I knew once they went down 27-0, there was no coming back from that game.
0: Yeah, I figured that too. But uh, what do you think your future is with um, McCarthy and uh same old thing?
3: It's about Jerry Jones and his ego at 81 years right. old. If Jerry Jones says, I can't stand it, I can't take this anymore, 12-5, 12-5, 12 not good enough. Then I mean, He keeps
0: winning every year 12 games. That's what I'm saying.
3: So. I was telling the guys in the newsroom, I'm like, I'm as a football fan, as a Cowboys fan, I'm having fun during the season. They lose once a month. Like for the most part, they win. For the most part, they they sweep the teams in their division or split with the Eagles. Like for the most part, it's fun. But you just know inevitably they're gonna crash and burn in the postseason. But only one team can win the Super Bowl. So yeah, but I
0: thought Green Bay they should
3: have. Everyone on, thought that. Killed. I think I think ninety percent of people thought that, um, yeah. and that's why it's it's a complete no show collapse where right. Jerry Jones. No one would think he's crazy to fire everyone, blow it up. But I also think that you do got to see it through. I've spoke on Dak Prescott. You talked about, you know, my son and, and my family. I'm a different man having a son. I'm a different man, um, yeah. you know, being a father. And Dak's about to become a father this year. I think football will, will feel different for him, just having that perspective. Well, I
0: agree with that, yeah. Um, can I ask you one more question? Yeah. What do you think about the Mets off season?
3: I, you know, am I open? I said, like, if, if the Mets are done and the Yankees are done, I, I don't know if they've done enough on either side, especially with the Yankees' expectations of World Series, Juan Soto for a year, and then the Mets coming off of 75 wins. But, like, being in the Steve Cohen era, it just ge- it leaves a lot to be desired. But none of us know anything. Maybe both teams will be... spending a teams. lot of money at all. the Mets. Well, yeah, David Stearns is not taking that approach. He's got to try and reset some things. But maybe they I, surprise us. Maybe, maybe he's smarter than we think, right? Maybe, I, I maybe think he, he's ready for next year. Maybe he is building this team, and, and the guys that he picked are going to pan out for him. We don't know. That's why we watch. Yeah. Always a pleasure, Keith. Have a great night. Thanks for the call, Tommy. 877 66 6666 We got the Knicks game coming up. I got to get eyes on the Devils. We're talking NFL playoffs. I do want to talk a little bit more about this Pascal Siakam trade and how it affects the Knicks and the Eastern Conference. And then I do want to also speak on the Mets and uh, go back to something I was talking about last night with like the promotional giveaways that'll get you to come to the ballpark. We now know when Doc will get his number retired, when Darryl will get his number retired, and we know the ballpark will be full for those games. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host. We'll be right back. Okay. One hour down, two hours to go. Uh, KM to PM, Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, just talking sports to fill the time between uh, Evan and Tiki. I guess I stole Tommy's Lou Gower, and uh, I'll take you up to Brooklyn Nets radio. I'm in here watching the Knicks pregame as we get set for the Houston Rockets to play the Knicks in the garden, and um, both Jalen Brunson and Josh Hart are available to play tonight. So the Knicks should get a win with those guys on the floor. They should probably get a win even without those guys on the floor. But Spicy P, Pascal Siakam. I mean, there were rumors about the Knicks trading for Pascal Siakam in the last couple of years. They end up getting OG Ananobi. And um, here's my thoughts on it, right? If you're not paying attention to the Indiana Pacers, the moves they've made, and they're trying to go for it. Right now, when you look at the Eastern Conference standings in the NBA, the Indiana Pacers are 23 and 17, eight games out of first place. They're in sixth. And then right below them is the New York Knicks with the same record 23 and 17, eight games back in seventh. And I know, obviously, everybody's talking about the OG Ananobi trade with Toronto. Now, Indiana makes this trade for Pascal Siakam with Toronto. We've all speculated for the last couple weeks since the OG trade that the Knicks would make another move. But they have to make the right move. They can't just make any move. Donovan Mitchell, Deontay Murray, even Alec Burke's name has come up. I think they got to make that move soon. The NBA trade deadline is February 9th. And I think the Indiana Pacers, who we saw in the NBA in-season tournament, right? They literally got to the championship, lost to LeBron and the Lakers, but they knocked off the Bucks and Giannis and Dame. So they're feeling themselves. They're thinking, hey, we can make a run in the Eastern Conference with a healthy Tyrese Halliburton. Now that you add Pascal Siakam to that team, like I think the Pacers are looking to challenge. And when you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference, Obviously, everybody knows Boston is up there. Um, Milwaukee's up there. And then Philadelphia with Joel Embiid, the MVP. But the four, five, six, seven, eight, those teams are all separated by a game or two. So who's going to make the push before we get to the All Star break to try and separate? And who's going to make the push really before we get to the trade deadline to separate? I can't wait for the playoffs this year. I mean, I'm already. I mean, I'm out on on the Nets, but I think that this Eastern Conference, however it shakes up, we're in for some good games. Eight seven seven, three three seven, sixty six sixty six. Pascal Siakam goes to Indiana. Uh, we'll see how the deal plays out. They gave up a lot, and that might may raise the price for whoever the Knicks seek out next. Uh, what else did I not mention? Oh, tomorrow, Marcus Stroman. Long Island's very own will be introduced via Zoom as a New York Yankee. And he's all in. Uh, I know Yankee fans have been following his Instagram and he's been writing on there. And it came out today that he'll wear number zero. Uh, Domingo Herman's out of here. Who else wore zero? Adam Adevino, long gone. <laughs> Another former Met Yankee. So. Strowman will wear zero. He'll be introduced on Zoom tomorrow. I'm sure I'll be locked in on that. And I, I keep hearing the conversation about the Zoom thing. Um, and I, you know, I'm just like, I don't know. I, I Sometimes talking to people on Twitter is literally a waste of time. But I like to converse. Obviously, you guys hear me take calls and talk to you guys. But it's just like people are so dense. And they just don't know things. And it's just simple things. Like people speculate, oh, oh, uh, you know, the, the Yankees aren't introducing him at Yankee Stadium because of what he said about Yankee fans and Brian Cashman. No. Oh, another Zoom press conference? Yeah. Yeah. Since 2020, Zoom is the way. People are on Zoom every day. I have Zoom meetings every week. I don't have to physically go meet you for coffee. We can do this over Zoom. And the media members don't have to physically come to Yankee Stadium while the Yankees are hopefully working on adding another pitcher. We can do this over Zoom. Here's the link. I get the media emails. Here's a link for the media to come ask questions and Marcus Stroman can stay in Florida. Juan Soto can stay in Florida. Alex Verdugo can stay in Arizona. And you don't have to come all the way to Yankee Stadium because these are one-year deals or in Stroman's case a two-year, maybe three-year deal and you know I know last year Carlos Rodon had his press conference and of course Aaron Judge had his press conference that's different. Those are long-term deals. A 9-year deal, a 6-year deal, and Judge got named captain. They brought Jeter out Willie Randolph out. That's completely different than Marcus Stroman, Juan Soto, Alex Verdugo. And I know the back and forth between Mets and Yankees fans. I even did it a little bit with, you know, with Sal Akata online because, you know, Sal came out. Oh, how embarrassing. Juan Soto over Zoom. And then I just, quote, tweeted Sal's tweet. And I said, oh, how embarrassing. Harrison Bader and Luis Severino over Zoom. It's just the smarter way. It's just. The easy way. It's just the new way. Everybody doesn't have to stand at the dais with the jersey and have all the pomp and circumstance unless you're Yamamoto or Otani who sign long-term deals. 877 337 Josh is in the Bronx. What's up, Josh? You're on the fan.
7: I'm telling you, Keith, man, Zoom, even the Zoom exercise on Zoom, I'm telling you, man, the way to go now, you know? I'm telling you. Yeah, it's Let me introduce myself from my home. I'm on yeah, Zoom.
3: Yeah, Joe Beningo's on Zoom. Um, <laughs> who else do we have calling to the fan and they're on Zoom? I'm, tell- I'm
7: telling you, keep the future streaming and everything. You used to crazy. have Carl
3: Banks calling in on
7: Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, the NFL, you know what's crazy? And Like I said last night about the, um, you know, Pick, it, you know, who'll be here, who'll be there, and everything else like that. Like you said, is there a time on February 9th, the deadline? Do you have an exact time for the trade deadline? It's probably like 4 p.m. Okay, thank you very much. Keith, I was going to call you Friday, but I guess this is it, and I'll call you next week. I'll be listening. It's just that, you know... I won't hold it
3: against you. I won't hold it against you. You're forgiven.
7: (laughs) But anyway... Spike, you know, I mean, like you said, if it wasn't for him, you know, and the and the, the shows during the day, Boomer, Sal, and, and other men, you know, I love them, man. You know, they might not like me, but I love them, man. I love listening to you nah, all. We,
3: Thank you for taking my call. We appreciate you, Josh. And, yeah, like, if, if there was no Spike Eskin coming into WFAN, there's a bunch of people that would have never heard of me. Like, the internet is cool. I think I was doing my thing out there on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and podcasts and whatever. Uh, A lot of people, you know, ran into me at Yankee Stadium or Barclays Center or wherever else. But, you know, Spike putting me on the mic has put me into a lot of people's lives, a lot of people's ears, a lot of people's minds. And it's changed my life completely. And, you know, I know everybody's not a fan. But for the people that do appreciate what I do, for the people that do tune in for my show, you have Spike to thank for that. So uh, going back to what Josh was asking, I said 4 p.m. Actually, I'm seeing the NBA trade deadline for 2024 is February 8th at 3 p.m., according According to Clutch Point. So we're less than a month away, and uh, we'll, we'll see what happens With that, back to the phones we go. Jack is down in Howe, New Jersey. What's up, Jack? You got it.
5: First of all, Keith, pleasure to finally speak to you. I've tried several times, so it's really wonderful to be able to speak to you finally. Uh, Happy New Year to you and your family.
3: Thanks. Uh, Thanks for calling.
5: You got it. Two quick questions. One, um, the Buffalo Bills, right? Um, Do you think Saquon if the Giants don't resign him would go there and do you think that how, how far do you think they can go do you think they can beat Baltimore and then what's up with the Red Sox have they gone from spending money to becoming like cheapskates <laughs> they really haven't not that I want them. my in my family my son and my wife are both Red Sox fans and so I'm a Yankees fan so I but so I have a in, sort of an interest in it but I'm not really uh, but Buffalo is the only team that we can all root for together. Mm. So I'm, I'm just kind of curious because the last few weeks, they've been giving the, uh, the fans heart attacks. It's almost like what the Giants did in, in 2007, 2008 when they were in the playoffs. It's exciting, I'm though. It's exciting,
3: fans. and it's a relief when you, when you win.
5: I was in Buffalo for Christmas, and the people up there, I've never seen uh, people embrace a team as much as, as the people up in Buffalo, it's like a family. It's, it's just a cult. so crazy. <laughs> It's
3: a full on it, it, cult. It's
5: a mafia. It's a <laughs> the right. Bills a mafia. mafia, yes sir. <laughs> it is the Bills mafia. So, so what are your thoughts,
3: Keith? I'll take it from here, Jack. Thank you for the call. You know, going back to um, you know the question about the Bills and how far they can go. I think they can get to the Super Bowl. If there ever was a year to prove it, they've been favorites. They've been picked to go to the Super Bowl. Why not? Um, they scare me. I said they've they've been playing like they're in the playoffs for the last few weeks. What did he ask before he asked if they could get to the Super Bowl? He asked something else. About, I guess, maybe this week. Um, I think they beat the Chiefs. Yeah, he asked how far they could go. I think they can get to the Super Bowl. They get past the Chiefs. They knock out Pat Mahomes. I'd love to see uh, Josh Allen versus Lamar Jackson or C.J. Stroud. And I just think they're rolling. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm blanking. I feel like he has something else. And I know people are listening. And like, he said this, he said this. Somebody on Twitter tweet at me and, and tell me what else he said. I, I think that the Bills fans are behind them. They travel well. So when they do have to hit the road, they'll have fans support. And I think that this is a, a desperate team, a desperate head coach, a guy in Joe Brady who's getting an opportunity to call plays and be the offensive coordinator, and, and he's seizing the opportunity. Oh, he asked about Saquon. Saquon Barkley joining the Bills? Why not? I saw Shady McCoy leave Philly and join the Bills. And it's about money and it's about winning. Saquon Barkley tweeted out that he wants to get back in the playoffs. The Bills are in the playoffs every year. If he wants to go to Western New York and team up with Josh Allen, that'll be a hell of a one-two punch. I know they have James Cook. But like I said, they had Leonard Fournette and they cut him. Uh, Latavius Murray and uh, Ty Johnson. They need another running back. So... If the Bills want to pay and have the money to pay Saquon Barkley and he's willing to go from New Jersey all the way to Western New York and team up with Josh Allen, they'll, they'll be a contender. They'll be in the playoffs again. 877-337-6666. We're rolling. The Knicks game is on. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back. I'm here right back at it on the fan. KM to PM. Keith McPherson, your nighttime host, taking calls, watching sports, talking sports. And uh, I blanked on our last caller, Jack, from how first time caller. Ding, ding, ding. Appreciate you, Jack. (laughs) I literally opened up another tab to answer your question. But this happens to me a lot. I'm here watching the Knicks game. The Houston Rockets got off to a, a little bit of a lead. I'm talking to you. I'm watching the game, and I like almost forgot like what you even asked. I answered the questions about Saquon Barkley, right? Saquon Barkley potentially joining the Buffalo Bills. I answered the question about how far I think the Buffalo Bills could go, right? Saquon could join them next year if they want to pay him. He said he wants to be in the playoffs. That's a good destination if you want to go to the playoffs. I think they could get to the Super Bowl this year. They've been hot, and if they stay healthy, which they've already endured a lot of injuries, but if they stay healthy enough— there's only a couple more games to win to get there, and the other question you asked was about the Boston Red Sox, and I laughed when you said it because I knew where to go. Uh, I had Jared Carabis on a couple weeks ago. I did like a mystery guest, and it was Carabas. And if you're not familiar with Jared Carabas, formerly from Barstool, now he works for DraftKings. He has a podcast called "Baseball Is Dead." Friend of mine, we've uh, run into each other at All Star Games, Yankee Stadium. I've run into him. Um, just you know, in the baseball realm, in the baseball world, um, MLB Network, we were on off base together, and you know, I've seen him on Yankees Twitter for years. He's a Red Sox fan, but <laughs> he's the biggest Yankee troll, and Yankee fans are getting a little bit of a laugh this this off season, just looking at him, right? Because he is in pain looking at the Boston Red Sox. Uh, I think this off season they signed Lucas Giolito, which I don't really think that's moving the needle too much. But I've been laughing at Carabas go in on the Red Sox. Like his last tweet was, I gotta record a podcast about the Red Sox. And if you wanna laugh, go look at Jared Karabas and his thoughts on the Boston Red Sox. This kid literally, and he's a grown man, but he lives like across the street from Fenway, diehard Red Sox fan. Um, He has a tattoo of, let me see, I literally have my season ticket seat tattooed on my chest. Um, but now Red Sox fans are turning on him because he's been very critical of the Red Sox this offseason, their lack of moves and what they're doing with the franchise now that they've moved on from um high Bloom. I think they canceled their fan fest. <laughs> uh, and there was something else that 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 I saw him post that I gotta I gotta dig up. But you know the, the question was, what about the Red Sox? What are they doing? The Red Sox are doing what they've been doing. They're, they're finding a way to come in last place again. It sucked to watch them dominate the Yankees last year, but that's not going to be the case this year. So I, I think a couple nights ago I was having the conversation about the Yankees and their offseason and going through the names of Alex Verdugo and Trent Grisham and Juan Soto, now Marcus Stroman, but also – the little marginal moves of uh, Cody Potite and Luke Weaver and Kevin Smith, and uh, I think we even had somebody else added into the mix today as like a, a spring training invite or you know just another depth move, marginal move. Um, the guy from uh, was Oscar Gonzalez from the the Guardians. Like the Yankees have done work, the Yankees have added to improve the team. The Yankees have legit outfielders and outfield depth now. It's still not good enough for, you know, the Yankee fan, the average Yankee fan, which is, um, one, spoiled, but two, looking at the Yankees like, how could you go 82 and 80? How could you, you know, miss the World Series for 15 years? You've got to go all in. you got to do more. Ken Rosenthal reported today, free agent infielder, outfielder, Josh Van Meter has signed a minor league contract with the Yankees. So, I mean, they're still making little marginal moves. And when I looked around the AL East, I'm like, who's done more in the division than the Yankees? You know, I was listening to BT and Sal today, and, and Sal mentioned the Orioles. And, you know, BT said he wasn't worried about them. And I echoed that. I was right there with him. And Sal was like, oh, come on. I'm like, Sal, like, last year, the Yankees and the Orioles were right next to each other. It wasn't like the, the Orioles smoked the Yankees. The Yankees gave them some games. The Yankees were right there with them, and they pitched Luis Severino. The Yankees were right there with them, and they sat Aaron Judge when he came back. I was at those games for Fourth of July. They took the first two games and found a way to give them the the second two when they could have gained ground on them. So I don't look at the Orioles as a 101-win juggernaut. I look at the Orioles as prove it again. Show me again. I think the Rays are going to take a step back. You guys know what happened to Wander Franco. I don't even have to talk about Wander Franco. Wonder, wonder where he's gonna be. Don't really wonder about where he's gonna be. It, it doesn't doesn't affect me. Doesn't matter to me. They traded Tyler Glass now. Shane McClanahan's on the mend. He's not gonna be ready to go. I don't look at the Rays as a threat. We know they're gonna be good. I have respect for their manager and what they do down there with next to nothing on their payroll. They always seem to find guys, but I don't think they're gonna be able to rock with this Yankees team. The Blue Jays. Okay, the Blue Jays missed out on. Otani, the Blue Jays, are always frauds, though. The, the Blue Jays are just always talking about this movie. And I saw today they signed uh, Uriel Rodriguez. I guess he specifically wanted to go there. Um, I know we talked about him. I think he was in conversation with some other teams. But what I'm saying is this for the Yankee fan that's not satisfied or the Yankee fan that feels like they got to make another move. They got to still get Snow, They got to get Hater, They got to do more. They got to do more. Stop being so greedy. Stop being so spoiled. They've done a lot. They've they've added to this team, they've changed the complexion of this team, they've changed the clubhouse. We got to hope for the best. If this is our starting rotation on paper, we don't think it's good enough because 3 out of the 5 guys were hurt for half the season last year. But we don't know what this year holds. We don't know if Rodan's going to bounce back. We don't know if Nestor's going to bounce back. And after I saw what Cashman did at the GM meetings, I expect him to go for it at the deadline. A month before the deadline if the Yankees are struggling and they seem like they're in trouble with pitching or any other need. 877-337-6666. Keith McPherson on the fan. 8 o'clock hour coming up next. Knicks just tied it. Let's take a break. We'll be right back.